Hello and welcome to episode 43? Uh, 4. Episode 44 of Fergo and the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project. You can find me on Twitter at IntraLP. Joining me as always is League Freak, who you can find on Twitter at League Freak. How you going there, mate? I'm going very well. Um, a few things to talk about today, which would be pretty cool out of our big special tomorrow. I'm really looking forward to that one. Yeah, we've got a, geez, we've got a big few days coming up for everyone there. Mm. So, all right. First cab off the rank. Yeah. We need, we need to do this first. Mm. Mainly for Nadine, but also to Purge. Yeah. Uh, it was revealed yesterday that uh, Nathan Cleary, even though he had till today to declare his, or prove his fitness for New South Wales, that he withdrew. And Clint Gutherson, the 18th man, who we were told was going to be called up in case there was an injury there, has been overlooked. And Mitchell Pearce has been brought into the side. What a hard decision that was to make, Gutherson or Pearce. Uh, yeah. Thoughts? Man, imagine if we could have called up a first grader. Um, well, I think 19th time's the charm. I think this is where Mitchell Pearce, is, it's all going to come together for him. Uh, he's going to win his sixth Origin game. And uh, he's going to win his first ever game three. And he will be the hero. He will guide... New South Wales to victory. And, yeah, I think it's pretty obvious that he was the number one choice uh, for everybody in this position. Fantastic selection. And so ends opposite day here on Fergo and the Freak, where we say the complete opposite of what we're thinking. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, just a quick, a quick look at two stats, which I'm sure everyone knows already, and that is... Uh, Mitchell Pearce has never won an Origin Decider, obviously, because he's never won an Origin Series. Yeah. He's also never won an Origin 3. Mm. So that makes him the perfect person to bring in for this game. The closer. I mean, he's going to get the job done, apparently. Uh, this has disaster written all over it because, yeah, and we were talking about this last night. If he loses, okay, then it's just another series lost with Mitchell Pierce. But he, he then vaults into the same sort of old, not just a, a loser category where you can say, well, maybe he was unlucky or maybe he was just not the right guy for the right time or something. Now you're going over such a long period of time that he vaults up into that all-time loser category in representative football. And now you've got to compare him to, like, uh a lot of the Great Britain Rugby League players over the last 20 years that are, have been well-known losers and things like that. So that's the first thing. The second thing is if we win, right, if New South Wales wins and he finally gets to win an origin game that matters and, and really counts, he's, he's a lock to play next year. And that can only be bad for New South Wales because his record is absolutely atrocious. Yeah, it's a... We're essentially in, essentially in a lose-lose situation, even if we win. Mm -hmm. That's that's horrible. It is. It really is. And I don't know, I, you know, how do you go into this game? I mean, obviously, you want New South Wales to win. I'd love nothing more than seeing play man of the match and a man of the match performance. But, man, that means we're locked into Mitchell Pearce. When you consider his record and you consider how terrible he is at state of origin level... If he if he finally does something good, how long have we got Mitchell Pearce for as the New South Wales team? Yeah, and what's this going to do to Cleary? Yeah, like 
you know, the pick and stick thing that we were supposed to have with Cleary, are we going to go with that? Is Cleary going to be back next year? I can't imagine he would be because they're so keen on picking Mitchell Pearce any single time they can possibly even contemplate it. So you'd think that that would mean they're going to brush Cleary and just, uh, oh, man, it's going to be a mess. Either way, as you say, it's a lose-lose situation. I wonder how much sway people like Matty Johns has in this because he's been his biggest advocate for the last decade. Mm. Um, well, more, even more so since he's become a Newcastle player. Yeah, yeah. he pushed hard for Saifidi before Origin 2, and sure enough, Saifidi got picked. He's been pushing hard for Pierce. Um, even got him on his Sunday show last week to talk about it, and you know he's doing everything he can to get him in there. I wouldn't mind a promotional guy like Matty Johns to give me a bit of a, a, a bit of a push whenever I need because man, he gets results. Yeah, I mean he's he's got the job done. It's funny because I watched him talking to Mitchell Pierce, and Mitchell Pierce looked like someone who Origin was done. And I said that on the podcast the other day. Yeah. Um, unbelievable that Brad Fittler would make the same mistake that so many other coaches in the past have made. And, I mean, if New South Wales lose, it should cost Brad Fittler his job and he should be cast into the New South Wales wilderness like all of those other coaches that made the same mistake. Um, what a stupid, stupid decision. Stupid. Here's a problem I get, okay, is that the biggest opposition we've had to our opposition to Mitchell Pearce being there is people saying, you know, it's not fair on Mitchell because, look, he had to play against four you know, four or five of the best players in the modern age, mm. and that may be the case. Mm. But you're either good enough to play, to play against them or you're not. And we did manage to win a series against four, four or five of those great players. Yeah, exactly. And without it's like, him. Yeah, and it's like, oh, so your, your terrible record doesn't count, but if you win games... You're you're basically just waiting for Queensland to be bad in state of origin, and yeah, then everything counts. It's like it's what basically, is... yeah, it's basically saying, look, he's he can be really really good at this level, so long as we pick our moments to put him in against the weakest possible side we can think of. Exactly, and it's like that. That's madness. That's absolute madness. And the other thing is too, like, and we talked about this a few weeks ago, when they finally dropped him. And we went with somebody else. We won a series. And then we brought Pierce back and we lost a series. And then we got rid of Pierce and we won a series. Like, it's not as though we we have lost every... He's just been picked for a solid block and we lost every single series. We've seen a long enough timeline and we've made enough changes and we've seen the difference that those changes have made that we know that Pierce is not the person. Like, it's just... It's undeniable. So why would you pick him again? It makes yeah. no sense. I mean, we saw in twenty fourteen that Paul Gallon proved to be a better halfback than Mitchell Pierce. <laughs> well, so, well, somebody said to me yesterday. They said, "Would you have rather Gutherson be called up or to go with Mitchell Pierce?" And I said, "I would rather Gutherson. As much as I think he is a reserve grade fullback, I don't know how he'll play at state of origin level. He might be our Wally Lewis. You just don't know. He might be our Dal Shearer." You know, he just gets called up and all of a sudden he plays a blinder and you're like, where the hell is that? You know, when he plays club footy. Sorry. Like, the, I know, I, know. <laughs> no, I, I, get, I get your point, but uh, nah. I, but you don't know. Like, Gutherson no, might. He might. You'd never know. Gutherson might have the game of his life 
if you give Gutherson one game to play the game of his life, he might do it. If you give Mitchell Pearce 18 games to play the game of his life, you know he is not going to do it. Not at this level. Mm. Uh, I get your point entirely. It's um, we, we should have been looking at moving on from the, the failed series after series that we had. And, you know, moving on from Mitchell Pearce was, was a big step in that direction. Going back yeah. to that, I just don't see the sense in that whatsoever. And um, the weird thing with, with New South Wales is they've had moments where they've had to make that decision. We moved on from Paul Gallen. You know, there was a point where we, we moved on from Robbie Farah. Like there's been players where they've had their time and we've said, look, it, we need to try something different. But Mitchell Pearce is the only player that I can think of over state of origin history where that hasn't happened. And if he, if he had a winning record, like you would understand it, if he had a 50-50 record, you'd understand it. This guy has such... He has a record that is so bad in a series that is historically so close, it makes zero sense why they would keep picking him. I don't get it. Yeah, it's it's got me beat. Um, I, all I can... S- I, you know, I'm I'm happy to be proven wrong here, but all I can see yeah. happening is he'll come out and he'll try everything he possibly has in the first 20 minutes and then Maloney will be carrying him for the last hour. Yeah, and can, like, because, at least... Because that's what we've seen so many times in the past. And can we also talk about his form in the NRL? Because I've heard people saying, well, he's the best halfback in the game right now, which is crap. It's absolute crap. He just isn't. And then it's like, well, he played all of these man of the match performance for New, uh, for Newcastle. And it's like, I watched some of those games. And when they would announce Mitchell Pierce as the man of the match of them games and they'd give him three Dalian points, I would be scratching my head and wondering who the bloody hell gave those points out because he just wasn't the best player on the field. Like, it, he hasn't been tearing the league apart. He really hasn't. They had a couple of good wins, most of them against weakened opposition in the NRL. And people all of a sudden have been saying, well, he's the best, he's a form halfback in the competition. And it's like, no, he's not. He just is not. Yeah, I mean, let's have a look. I mean, they, they beat Parramatta. I think that was after Parramatta had, had spanked the Tigers. Yeah. Um, but Parramatta are just one of those teams where they're, they're either being flogged or flogging someone. Yep. Um, then they, they beat the Warriors. And then they beat the Bulldogs. Then they beat a Dragon side that were on a losing run. Then they beat the Roosters in a decision where the Roosters rested Cooper Cronk for some stupid reason. But I tell you what, I, I will take, of all of their wins that they had, the one that I will say was legit and you cannot, you can't say weakened, I'm going to say the Roosters won. And I know they rested Cronk. Well, but... the other one was against South, which came two weeks after when they had a bye. They beat South 20-12, to 12, which was another good win. But those are the, the two standouts out of that six-game winning streak. The rest were games that, to a degree, they would have expected to win. Yeah, to a degree for most of those. I'm pretty sure South had players out too. Yeah, I think I think um, uh, Reynolds was out. Yeah, it was was yeah. Walker out of that one too? Cause he, of yeah, origin. he was. He was. Yeah. So, you know, and they had a, a busted Sam Burgess, you know... <laughs> So I don't want to hear any crap about, you know, Mitchell Pierce's playing out of his mind this year because he just isn't. Because there's, you know, even if you look at his form over the last couple of games for the Knights, last week he was terrible. He just yeah. was non-existent. And the week before that, Ponga, like the game before that, Ponga carried him. 
absolutely carried him. No, fully agree, mate. It's uh, it's it's baffling. It really I, is. I, I would have every day of the week. I would have had Chad Townsend ahead of him. I could, I, there's a bunch of players. I would have had Townsend. I'd have taken Brooks. I'd have taken Gutherson. I'd have taken Mitchell Moses. Blake Green. I, Blake, anyone. Just Paul anyone. Gallon again. Paul Gallon. Yeah, get him back into first receiver. He still likes playing there for the Sharks. Yeah. Anyways. Terrible. Yeah, let's move on to something, something different. Speaking of redemption stories. Ooh. Tim Simona has been given the, the AOK by the NRL who initially suspended him indefinitely for all of his shenanigans. Um, yes. He'll be He's set to play for uh, Blacktown, I think it is, this weekend. Yeah, and uh, once again, a changed man. You know, he's learnt from his mistakes, as they all have. Just once I'd like Rugby League to say, no, nah, no, this person hasn't changed, and I don't think they've learnt from their mistakes at all. And we're not going to put up with that. It's lucky that Tim Simona didn't put something that people didn't like on Instagram because that would have got him a life ban as it has for for Israel Folau. Um All he did was, you know, sell jerseys that he said he was going to give the money to charity and then kept it for himself. He bet against his own team, things like that. It's just well, stuff no. that you can learn look, from. Settle down, mate. I mean, we all know that that religious hate speech is is the highest crime there is in the country. Oh, definitely. definitely. Directly destroying the integrity of the game and not knowing whether you're going to be playing um, legitimately for your team and helping them win or whether you've got money on the side against them, that's that's lesser than your opinion. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't go to the very heart of results in the sport. That's fine. That's fine. Um, but, yeah, so he got he got the okay. And that goes straight on the head of Todd Greenberg and Peter Beattie as the custodians of the sport in Australia right now. They're the ones that have said that that is A-OK in rugby league. And, yeah, I, I find the hypocrisy between allowing somebody like Simona back into the game, welcoming, welcoming them with open arms, and then shunning someone so publicly as they have in Israel Folau, who neither of us have defended Falau in any way for what he said. But, I mean, come on, when you're lining up the things that these two players have done side by side, it's, it's unbelievable. Absurd. It's, it's absurd. unbelievable. I wonder now if other players who have got indefinite suspensions, and the one that comes to mind is Ben Barber, mm-hmm. where does his, um, you know, his, I suppose, crime, where does that rank? in comparison to the Falau-Simona scale? Yeah, that's a good question. And how long will it take before somebody is willing to give him another chance? And it will happen, like it happens with, as I said, there's not been one single person who has been banned from the game, supposedly for forever, who has not been welcomed back. Every single one. Do you remember when they used to say, oh, Sonny Bill Williams, we'll never let him come back to the NRL. And then as soon as he said he wanted to come back, they dropped to their knees and did all of the filleting they could on Sonny Bill Williams to make sure that he knew that he was such a wonderful person that was always going to be welcome back in the NRL. It's like it is just such bullshit when you hear people say, oh, it's a life ban. You can't ever come back from that because rugby league, 
has no fucking backbone when it comes down to it. it they will always welcome these people back, and it disgusts me. Look yep. at Matt Lodge. Look at Matt Lodge. I mean, they honestly said, oh, Matt Lodge has to come back and play football because it's part of his rehabilitation. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. It's funny. Is that I expected this sort of uh, <laughs> this sort of anger from you about Mitchell Pierce. Oh, no, that's more... <laughs> that was just the warm-up. <laughs> yeah, that was more like sad resignation. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to um, someone else who's uh, a changed man, except mm-hmm. he wasn't, mm-hmm. was uh, George Burgess, who got pinged for eye gouging again. Um, this time he got a nine-week suspension, which conveniently means that if South make the finals, which they're on track to do, he'll be available for that. Oh, wow. Um, the first thing I was thinking is we shouldn't be allowing people who – rake at someone's eyes in the manner he did be available to play in the most watched part of the NRL Premiership. That's the bit he should be missing more than anything else. Yeah, and I, I was told, and I don't know how correct it is, but Dizzy Dave, who's a follower of mine, said that he already had three weeks' worth of loading on that charge. So basically he was only given six weeks, and Pretty the much, extra yeah. three weeks was the loading. Um which to me is just completely inadequate. I agree with I look I agree with you in that when you watch what he did, it there's there's instances where in a tackle a player's fingers might get near a player's eyes and you can see where they're trying to hold on to a player and it's it, I guess it could be seen as an accident or unfortunate but it still counts in my opinion it still counts. Whereas the thing about Burgess one is he had to reach around to his teammate to get to Farah's face, and it seemed like it was a really deliberate act. And considering that he had been banned last year for doing a similar sort of thing, um, it, it's really strange that he just didn't get absolutely walled. Like, if they had given him 20 weeks, I would have been like, yeah, that seems about fair. The thing that gets me about it, okay, is that that tackle that he was in, he had no need to be in that tackle. As we said, Farrell mm-hmm. was on his back, okay? That tackle's completed at that stage because there's a player on top of him already. That tackle's completed. He had no need to be on there, and yet he's on there, hand on the face. The referee had to just said, you know what, penalty. You, you didn't need to be there that long. Get off him. Mm-hmm. Instead of letting the tackled player be on the ground as long as they are, and this is why the crackdown on in the ruck was good last year, was it was trying to get players off the tackled player quicker to speed up the play of the ball. I mean, had all the journos coming out whinging about, oh, these penalties, it's killing the game. Or, you know, one of them said, oh, rugby league shit now. Um, no, we had a faster ruck, which meant we reduced this sort of grubby shit that was going on. Um, and if we still had that sort of refereeing mentality, Burgess wouldn't have been on the tackle long enough to be able to do that sort of crap. And But that aside, it's just, it's disgraceful, it's gutless, it's cowardly, it's filthy has no place in any professional sport whatsoever. And for him to only get nine weeks is is pathetic. I agree. I agree 100%. And, like, I don't understand the mentality of even doing something like that. I think there's, there's certain sorts of people. It's like, you know how some people, when they're in a fight, they, they bite people, and a bite is a biter? Like, yeah. 
It's just it's it's some people they're just eye gouges, and he's, he's I mean he's got form. He's done it. He did it last year. I, I don't understand why he would be in the tackle and be thinking, oh, I'm going to put my fingers in their eyes. And, I mean, it's so dangerous, and it's like pretty much the most uh, delicate part of your body, really. Um, I, I just don't understand why it would be something anyone was even thinking of at that time. And um, I, it's just that Ben is completely inadequate and that he's going to be back for the finals, I think, is is pretty terrible it's yeah. a bit of a blight and they should, have, they should have just said you're suspended for the rest of 2019 yep no internationals have... no origin no 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 finals footy nothing like that 100 that's what it deserved and the other thing which is what we i think we may have discussed in an earlier podcast when we we're talking about the josh mcguire one or ones he's had two now i think mm-hmm. um i said if you're going to make these penalties have any sort of impact then these players need to be suspended. When they do an incident like this, okay, not all suspensions, just the ones where they do really bad things like raking at people's eyes, mm-hmm. um, these grapple tackles, or they do a, do an, you know, an intentional act where they may actually attempt to injure someone's head or neck area. Mm-hmm. Right. Intentional grubby stuff, suspend them for a long time and with no pay. Yeah, or even, even if they had a suspension and a, and a set fine. Like say you get, a, say they come in with a policy where they said, if you get suspended for over eight weeks, you straight away get a $25,000 fine. I'm if you get hundred well, grand. I, well, I was thinking if say, say you've got to be careful though, because there would be players that would be on 75 grand, which is in our minimum where they just couldn't pay that. No, the minimum is 105. So they can pay it. <laughs> oh, they did it go up to 105. I thought it was still yeah. 75. No, 105. Oh, nice. See, good good is, money if you can get it. If you make the if you make the fine big enough, mm-hmm. there's your deterrent. If they can't afford that fine, don't do the shitty play. Yeah, like I get that. I'm trying. There's to no think. there's no need to have hands around players' faces, even when they're doing that sh- that shitty. And you'll see it in Origin. Yeah, you know, they do the face palm. You know, grind that face mm. into the ground and stuff. Mm. Come on, people. It's not freaking 1974 anymore. Yeah, there's just no place for it whatsoever nah. at any hands level. Off faces. Hands off yeah. faces. Hands away from the eyes. Just You can be hard and tough without playing grubby shit like that. Yeah, I mean, when I think of the, the hardest and toughest plays that I have seen in my lifetime, none of them are dirty players. Like, it's, oh. it's literally just the football that I think of. Uh, and when you start to get into plays that do dirty things on the field, it's like I kind of write them off because I think it's weak. It is. It's not hard or tough. You're not a you're not a hard man if you're going around doing grubby dog shots and, and crap like Josh Maguire does. Yeah. There's just no need for that shit in the game at all. It doesn't make you brain or tough or edgy or anything like that. It just makes you a pathetic dickhead. Yep, I agree 100%. Uh, now, Tarek Sims. Mm-hmm. He also copped a suspension for his um, hit on Michael Morgan, which we discussed recently. Yep. Um, his his uh, wife, Ashley, came out and she chastised the system a little bit. I've got a few quotes here. She's, she was on Instagram and she declared that he, uh, he did not do anything wrong and that everyone, that's in caps, so I should say that, everyone could see you should not have been charged. 
Um, I, he should have been charged, but just not as highly as he did. It was a it was a grade one, not grade two. Anyway, um, a panel of three, two being Queenslanders, decided that you were guilty, and fans are meant to believe in this game's integrity. Right. Well, my thoughts on this are I literally do not give a shit what someone's partner has to say. Male or female. Male or female. I don't care what the the men have to say about the women's competition for their partners. I don't care what the females have to say. I'll leave that shit to fucking Danny Weidler. (laughs) Personally... Do not give a flying fuck. Yeah, look, this is uh, this is the sort of tinfoil hat wearing crap that I thought that died out years ago, and only people at the Daily Telegraph subscribe to these sort of theories. Mm. Um, yeah, look, I, I thought, and I've said it all along, that he should have been given grade one, and he should get one week for it. And I think he got he got downgraded to one week anyway, so I'm fine with it, to be honest. It's interesting. I look. I I saw Cooper Cronk talking about on NRL three sixty about when you're vulnerable as a halfback, and he it was along the lines of he said when you when you're kicking, when you're passing out wide, and when you're in a decision making process, and he was saying that's when you're most vulnerable as a halfback. I think that this whole idea, and look, there's a few people in the media that you know, shriek from the hills and they run down like the world is ending any time a halfback gets put on their ass. And I hate it because I think that if you're a halfback and you run with your back towards the defensive line and then you pass it and you just so happen to get absolutely smashed at the same moment, what did you expect was going to happen? Like, they shouldn't be protected species. They should be seen as the footballers that they are. And so I don't like this whole thing of like, oh, we've got to protect the halfbacks more than the other players. And look, I get the kicking thing. You shouldn't be... Um, if you go on after a kicker, you should be tackling them, right? And I even get the tackling around the legs because because that can be dangerous to a player's legs. I'll even cop that. But this whole idea that whenever somebody kicks a ball, if they get tackled, that we've got to all stop and, you know, super analyse everything and put it through slow motion and check to see if they're within, like two milliseconds of the ball being on their foot, I I fucking hate it, you know? And if you're a halfback and you're running at the line and you're going to pass the ball, like, what do you expect to happen? What do you expect to happen to run at a line of, you know, 13 players that are there to stop every anyone that has the ball? Yeah, look, I, I saw someone saying that, um, that Sims would have had enough time to pull out of that tackle because, and my argument was, um, what if he threw a dummy? Like, exactly. if, if Sims did put his foot out and stop himself making that tackle and stood still somehow in that one second time that he had to make that decision, and Morgan held the par, held the ball, threw a dummy, and went through the gap that's created by Sims stopping and not making not making the tackle, Sims is just giving away a trying and cost his team the game probably. Yep. And so how many he has, times? So he has to make the tackle. That, that's the thing you got, okay? Players are going to throw dummies now when they're close to the line because that's when you're going to put a defender in two minds. That's when you're going to get them go, oh, you know, better not tackle him now, or you know, I've got to think of 
hitting a different player and they might start trying to slide. And that's how you create those opportunities. That's why you have a dummy pass. That's the purpose of the frigging thing. Exactly. And how many times have we talked about just on this podcast, the, uh, you know, the players that would run out against Darren Lockyer. And as soon as you did that, it was all over. Or the players that like would fall every single time to Jonathan Thurston dummy in the ball. And the whole thing is like, always tackle him, always tackle him, always tackle him. Don't fall for the dummy. And, you know, if if we're just going to wait and stand off from the halfback and let them decide what they're going to do, like, what is that? That's not rugby league. You know, we've got to allow players to try and shut down the playmaker. And I just hate it. Every And Andrew Johns is the worst at it. Anytime a halfback gets tackled, Andrew Johns is like, oh, that's dangerous, that's dangerous. It's like, no, it's not. He's running at the line. He's dummying to everyone. He's faking to put in kicks. Then he does the cutout pass and gets hit as he's throwing it. That's not dangerous. That's called rugby league. Exactly right. It's and it's been that way for ages. Yeah, ages. From day one in beautiful sunny Huddersfield. <laughs> <laughs> the bright lights. Yeah, the bright lights in the big city. <laughs> the, the buzzing nightlife. I wonder if back then Huddersfield was a big city compared to everything else and it just hasn't changed. Because I tell you what, it looks like it hasn't changed. I think it was the same city. It's the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah, nothing's changed. You go there and they still talk old-timey. Yeah, the only difference now, I think, is they've got a KFC in the main street in the Maccas. Yeah. They wouldn't, have, they wouldn't have been there in 1895. They call it that exotic food. Yeah, that <laughs> That would have been a um, Harrison's chicken or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think much has changed there in a long time. No, no. Isn't it weird that the George Hotel, just say the George Hotel, right? Let's say that the game was started in Sydney, and I've always argued that the Poms invented rugby league. We perfected it. So just say the George Hotel was sitting in Parramatta, Somewhere, you know, Queen Street, Parramatta or something. I don't fucking know. If, and it it was going to be condemned, do you reckon that in Australian Rugby League we would be making sure that it would be saved? See, it's it's a tough one because as an historian, I see certain things which are historically significant in the game in Australia, Mm -hmm. which, which are restored and looked after and hunted down. Mm. And other things which are just completely ignored and not really given a shit about. Yeah. Um, big old building like that. I think there'd probably be enough interest from uh, a fan-based community to try and chase it up and, and try and protect it and preserve it. Yeah, so do I. I feel like there'd be a... I feel like the rugby league community would do something about it and make sure that it was saved in some way. Um, and I, I mean, it being in Australia, it'd be heritage listed just because of how old it is. But uh, I don't know what the heritage listing is on that building. I, th- in, over I think there. it's I think it's similar system over there, and I think yeah. I think that property probably is heritage listed. I'm fairly certain. Last I looked into it, the George Hotel was privately owned, and mm. the owner was thinking about um sort of trying to revamp it to to make it look like what it used to look like back in the 1800s which mm-hmm. i figured might cost about 20 pound <laughs> yeah, yeah i'm trying to think how would it look any different they're like well we're going to take down this steel awning and we're good <laughs> yeah put the wood back in there 
Yeah. <laughs> we need two sticks. <laughs> That's weird because it is a, I mean, I think it's a beautiful old building. And uh, I, I was lucky enough to go there probably when it was at its best. And I'm, I only went into the Rugby League Museum and it was just, it's one of the most special things I've ever done. I spent like a two or three hours there talking to the to the person that was there looking after it that day. Um, and I was the only person that was there that come in. I think just as I was about to leave, another person uh, come in. But just a, a very special place and... Um, I I hope that it gets saved. I I would love for the Rugby Football League to somehow purchase it, but it's, I mean, you know, they haven't got any money. Maybe they could put some more billboards up somewhere to try and raise money, as long as they're free and they don't make money out of it. Well, what are you, right? We go to Stobart, right? And we say, listen, we need a flatbed truck and we just need you to drag this fucking building around everywhere. Just have a sign on the truck that says, save... George Hotel, Huddersfield. And yeah. That do it. Well, that should be fine. I mean, that that will just see all the money pouring in and the interest pouring into the George Hotel. And, um, I mean, it's a, a tried and tested method, yeah, you know. Work. Commercially uh, just, successful. Out of curiosity, when, what year was it when you went into the George Hotel and you looked at that museum? It was 2006. Right, because I went over in 2013 yeah. and it was shut down then. You couldn't go inside. Yeah. And that hadn't changed when I returned in 2015. Wow. And now I've heard that everything inside the museum had been taken away and moved to, I think it was, might have been Wigan? No, Bradford. Bradford. I think it went to somewhere in Bradford. Okay. Because I know when I was there, with the, and the person I was talking to, and look, I can't remember his name. He was an older gentleman. Um and he was he was amazing. We talked about rugby league and all of the history stuff for hours and hours. Um, and he basically gave me a personalised guided tour. And it wasn't a big big room that you were in, but he gave me a personalised guided tour of everything. And t- we were talking about some of the older players and stuff. Um, and he was saying that uh, former Penrith Panthers legend Mike Stevenson was very much involved in. Um, funding it and making sure that there were lots of the historical things that were there. Um, and, I mean, they had so much really, really cool stuff there. It was incredible. And it's, it's kind of it's sad. So to... Steve-O actually, I think, owned most of the stuff that was in there. Or yeah. if he didn't own it, he brought it there. I mean, pretty think that that thing didn't exist without him there. He was, the, he was 99% of that museum. Yeah, that, and that's the that's basically the – understanding I got that it was that without Mike Stevenson, it wouldn't have existed. Um, and I guess once, you know, the the building's ownership and what's going to happen at some point, yeah, you know, commercially the building itself is going to say, look, we've got this big area down below that we could be using for something else, you know, and unfortunately it's it's not there anymore. But um, amazing, amazing place and, uh, yeah, how do we get onto that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh I did. Yeah, no, I don't even ever got on to Huddersfield, but there you go. Yeah. Um, Everything comes back to Huddersfield. If you are listening over in England and you want to check out some rugby league history and you, for some reason, want to go to Huddersfield, you can go to the Huddersfield University and they've got the Heritage Key there. Um, it's downstairs uh, in the uni. It's, a, it's pretty fascinating stuff. A lot of it's digitized. Um, you can go along and check it out there. That's all. That's pretty uh, very modern and techy in there. That's pretty cool. I also. Like, is the Rugby League Museum at NRL headquarters still going? Because my understanding was they had 
not so much closed it down, but it wasn't open to the public at the moment. But I was talking to somebody the other day, and they said that it, it actually is. So because I've never been there, I've never checked it out. Hey, yeah, well, I uh, used to know the guy who uh, ran that museum, and uh, he he left last year, uh, mm-hmm. Octoberish, I think. And I spoke to the person who briefly um, took over from him as they were looking for a new person to run it, and. Mm. They told me that they believe it's been, um, it's, it has been closed down. Okay. And at this stage, there's no plans to reopen it. Yeah, uh, I don't you know, know what they're doing with all of the stuff that's uh, yeah. that have been collected. Because um, obviously, because I, I was I'm mates with a bloke who used to run it there, I, I got to see a lot of stuff that was in the back there. Mm-hmm. And um, man, the storage space they had was only half as big as it needed to be. The amount of stuff they had there. Uh, was phenomenal. I don't know what they're going to do with it. I don't know how they're storing it, but uh, that stuff needs to be on display because they have got such a huge volume of stuff there. I don't know what they do with it, but, yeah, it's a phenomenal museum. And they had stuff digitized, which is fantastic, and mm-hmm. old photos and all the old cups, um, some of the old caps from players, even from as far back as 1908. Just unbelievable stuff it was it's it's phenomenal and they had so much more at the back they could have made that museum twice as big and still had stuff out the back um just phenomenal see i always felt like if they were going to build a rugby league museum the place to have had it would have been around about Parramatta. it needed to be central in all of sydney and it needed to be something that wasn't just like Oh yeah, it's 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 down the hallway, or it's just down there. You go. It needed to be its own thing. It needed to be a standalone thing. Well, it and, was in the when you went in the front door at NRL headquarters. Yeah, you had the foyer. The foyer was straight straight ahead. Yeah, straight ahead and to the right. Yeah, and directly to the left as you walk into the through the main entrance was where the museum was. You could see it. You actually walked past it to get to the foyer to mm-hmm. the reception. Um, so it was it was in prime location in that building. Um, all of the, um, you know, media things that the that Todd Greenberg and the like do from NRL headquarters are all done inside that museum. Mm. So it's it's a prominent area. It's right down the bottom there. You can't miss it. But that is the problem with the museum. It is out at Moore Park. It's a bit of a pain to get to if you're exactly. not in a car. So, yeah, having it somewhere Parramatta-ish, even if you put it in the CBD somewhere so you can still get to it by train a lot easier, that would be easier. But... Uh, yeah, Parramatta wouldn't be a bad spot for it. Yeah, just somewhere. I mean, even you could have maybe some sort of facility out at near ANZ Stadium or something. Where Because I, if it was up to me, I would love to see it set up in, obviously, the space that it has to be its own standalone thing. And all of a sudden, you're starting to talk about, well, how much is this thing going to cost? But I think it would be fantastic to have it as something that, you know, you could have schools set up excursions to it you know, and and make it something that is always populated, always people are coming in, and I think that would have been fantastic. And I'm going to say this too, um, you would be the perfect person to run it, and and I think that uh, that if the NRL had any sense, they would look towards you as a historian that really values this sort of thing and, and really knows the game's history, and they would invest in you so that you were putting all of the time and effort into the game's history and making it something that was really um, special 
and, and making it something that was shown at its full capacity. And um, I know it's probably been embarrassing me saying that, but I really do. I think the NRL, if they had any sense, they'd, they would employ you as its as a historian that would oversee the Rugby League Museum because I think you you would be the best person to do that job. I, and, you know, hopefully one day they do that. But uh, that's what I would be doing if I was running the NRL. I should have said that the other day during that when I was the NRL CEO. <laughs> <laughs> well, they had their opportunity early this year and it didn't happen. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know the reason behind that. But anyway. What else can we get angry about? <laughs> yeah, we, we've got to find something else to get, get our teeth into. <laughs> oh, well, man. One, one thing we do need to say is uh, I watched the starting block last night. Mm. People people need to know that this Wednesday – oh, sorry, next Wednesday when before Origin's on, you're in for a treat, okay, because you're going to get the starting block an hour earlier than what they usually do, and then you're going to get us – Sorry for the step down, but you're going to get us after the starting block, and then you get Origin three. Yeah, it's going to be uh, same way I like my hostages back to back, and so you're going to get that starting block lead in. It's going to be a really good show, and then we like I was thinking about this. What if for this one we don't do a silent show, like we actually allow people to hear what we're talking about? Yeah, well, what we're going to try and do here is the, is the Holy Trinity, okay? So you, we're actually going to do a, a live show with mm. audio and with pictures on the actual screen. That would yeah. be a nice fucking change from the bloody black screen we did in the last one. Yeah, yeah. Not our fantastic. fault. Not nah. our fault. We nah. did everything we, was, we were supposed to according to Google. Yeah, I mean, very much like we're very much like rugby league players in that sense that nothing's our fault. No, nah, God, no. And we deserve a third chance. Uh, and we'll, we'll try and get it right this time. But, yeah, it's going to be a fun show leading into Origin 3. We'll see what happens. We do lots of planning for all of our shows. And, uh, yeah, this will be no different. Yes. Uh, I think if people went onto my Twitter account today, they'd see how much planning goes into the rundown on each show. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, a, a lot of writing. I mean, almost a script, I would say. Basically, yeah, everything's scripted. It's It's meticulous. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. um, it, but yeah, I listened to the starting block yesterday. It was a fantastic episode. I love the uh, I love the live shows, and uh, can I just say, I want to give a very happy birthday to Carson. Uh, I know you're listening, Carson, and here at at Fergo and the Freak, we wish you a very happy and special birthday, and we hope that you get everything that you deserve. And one, yes. when you say when you say someone, I hope you get what you deserve. It sounds like a threat. I didn't mean it as a threat. Have I ruined this? I think I've ruined it. No, I haven't ruined it. I think okay. I think what he deserves, yeah, is Billy Ocean coming out and singing "Happy Birthday" to him. And he is in town because uh, Boogie Bumper got him in there for for Greeno. He brought him to Australia. Yeah, that was nice of him, eh? That that's lovely. That is. Did you see? I got my movie trivia a little bit wrong. During the episode, um, <laughs> I, I said Romancing the Stone, and it was uh, Jewel of the Nile. I was too busy watching rugby league games when movies were on, so I don't yeah. know what the talk was all about. <laughs> I've got this weird, I've got this weird thing where I'm pretty good with some movie history, like, and I don't know why I wouldn't call myself a movie buff or nothing, but for some reason I can drag out some uh, 
some movie history from time to time, and it, it, it even I impress myself because it's all stored in meat. You know, it's well, all stored in meat. That's what she said. Oh, <laughs> um, I don't know why she said that, but there you go. Um, yeah. Just had to get it in there. That's what she said. That's right. <laughs> Let that pause for you. <laughs> yeah, you've been. Uh, everyone should know. Freaky got himself a new phone recently. We won't go into much, too much detail on it, but it had a fantastic little um, app in there, which he's been working on to create a video, which we plan on uploading to our YouTube channel sometime very soon. Yeah. Um, going to be good. All I can say is one word, epic. Epic. Oh, this summer. <laughs> in a world. <laughs> it's in a world. It's not this world. It's not another. It's yeah. not another world. It's always in, in a world. Yeah, in a world. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be good. There's a few different ones that I'll probably make, um, because we're content creators. We're uh, cinematographers. Um, what else are we? We're all sorts of different things. Yeah. Well. One of us is anyway, like me. <laughs> you wrote the script for this whole show. Yeah, yeah, that, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was in depth. I couldn't have come up with that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, yes, uh, also what we've got coming up, we have several people lined up for uh, for chats mm-hmm. in, the, in the coming weeks, maybe even months. So, yeah. And these are going to be pretty phenomenal. But the next episode, boy, freaky. This is all he's doing. He's gone above and beyond. Um, He was actually reading books last night, getting prepared for this. He's so keen. I was reading medical journals. I'm not even joking. I was reading medical journals. He was saying words to me that that were neither rugby league related or less than three syllables long. I was not only just amazed, but confused. Yeah. Uh, not by the fact that he was doing it, but I didn't know what the hell he was talking about. It was all foreign language to me. So, Same here. Uh, when I started kind of, reading them, I'm like, I'm like, what? What's the medical? This medical term of index? What? <laughs> Glossary? Huh? The what? the most scientific thing I ever remember knowing was photosynthesis, and I don't even know what that is. Oh, really? Something to do with cameras? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Maybe that it's that's synthetic that's... cameras. I think it's a. I think that's something that you use on Instagram. Oh, it's a filter. Yeah, yeah. Right. You put the photosynthesis filter on, and it uh, doesn't make you look like a fucking pig. <laughs> wow. I bet that one's getting a hiding. Mm, that'll be good. <laughs> I actually took my first photos on my phone yesterday of myself, because I don't take pictures of myself. I think it's, you know, I can't use that word. I think it's just weird. And so I, uh, yeah, and it was weird because it straight away, it puts some, like some sort of filter on your face. And I'm like, I just want to look like what I look like. So I found a, a way to do it without the filter. And straight away, I'm like, where's that filter, man? I need that filter. <laughs> was that the photosynthesis filter? Yeah, I was finding the photosynthesis filter. I was like, yeah, you you pig. You need something to clean up what you've turned yourself into, you fucking monster. So, 
I don't think I've ever taken a selfie, but with a head like this, you wouldn't want to anyway, because camera, <laughs> those cameras on those phones are bloody expensive. Yeah, they, they're they really impressive. Some of the stuff that you can do with them now, it's like uh, quite, quite incredible. Yeah. And being a parent, you know, obviously my camera only has one use, and that's taking photos of my child. Yeah. So yeah that's all that- you do as a parent when you get a camera. It's like you know you get to a certain age where the pictures are all of like either your child, your pets, or food. <laughs> I'd never take photos of food. That's stupid. I look at it and go, this is something I eat. Then I eat it. Yeah. Like every every so often I will take – what is the last bit of food I took a picture of? Um, oh. I took a food of some uh, shepherd's pie I made once. I did, yeah? Yeah, because it was a massive thing. I've taken a I've taken photos of a porto. That's fair enough. That's different. Yeah. They, they they transcend food. It's fucking gourmet shit. Oh mate. Oh, now I could go a porto. Why, why couldn't they put in the portos anywhere I live? I know. How come they're not sponsoring us yet? I know, right? <laughs> that's your that's your one job. <laughs> You're gonna get them to sponsor us. You got this one job. I'm trying, man. I'm putting in the groundwork. I actually put a shout out to a bunch of betting agencies today because because we've talked about doing maybe like a show where we do a roundup of all of the like betting odds for the week, and it would kind of be its own standalone show. It would obviously be Fergo and the Freak on this podcast, but um, we were kind of looking at maybe having just a, a weekly show where we just did the betting odds for the round and it wouldn't be the, the biggest, longest show or anything like that. But um, So we're, we're looking for a partner for that, so I'll put that shout-out out before. But well, we if you know anybody... Or well, we could take it on to the end of an episode even. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, and, yeah, so if anybody is interested in, in advertising or on the show or sponsoring the show, just get in touch with us. You can either DM either one of us on Twitter... You can send an email to podcast at leaguefreak.com. Um, just get in touch with us and say, hey, how's it going? You know, I'm, I'm interested. And then, uh, yeah, we'll see what we can do because we feel like this is a platform that we could really do something for an advertiser or a sponsor or something. So that would be really cool, I reckon. Absolutely. And speaking of the email address, um, we do have a live show coming up. Mm-hmm. So if you've got any ideas, much like, um, I forgot his name, was it Bartram 13? Yeah, Bartram 13, with Sam. Phenomenal idea, which we plan on doing a podcast about very soon. Yeah. Um, give us your questions. Mm-hmm. If we, if it's a bloody good one, like like his was, then mm-hmm. we'll probably do a podcast around it. If it's if it's another one where it's a uh, a little bit easier for us to answer in a live show, then we'll we'll put it in there. We'll give you a plug and we'll answer it on the on the pod on the podcast. Yeah, even if it's uh, shit, we will give it a go. Yeah. And- yeah, it'll be good. We'll uh, have a chin wag about whatever it is and, you know, you can get our opinions on all sorts of things related to rugby league life. You might have a question about the Origin game we're going to be watching, um, all sorts of stuff. So, yeah, just hit us up and we'll see what happens. Absolutely. And we did have a uh, a, a good comment, a bit of feedback yesterday from Mofo Storm fan. Oh, yeah. Um, he said... I know this podcast is relatively new, but I love the in-depth insights and knowledgeable banter that your show produces. I love how you live in different states and still put out a few pods a week. Those two states we live in are coffee um, 
<laughs> coffee enhanced and sleep deprived. <laughs> I was going to say, depends how our teams go, but sometimes it's a state of depression. <laughs> it's mostly a state of depression. Yeah. <laughs> Especially this year. I know. Oh, how are the Tigers? I feel like the last like six episodes have just at some point just descended into like you going, yeah, my team sucks. <laughs> just going, yeah, I'm looking at the floor again. Yeah. Uh, well, with the news of Tim Simona coming back, yeah. the fact that the Tigers just let Mahe Fanua go. Mm. Uh, See what I mean? It's just so easy to do. I did hear that he was looking at going to Manly, because that's where all all Tigers players go these days. Yeah, well, uh, Blacktown's Manly's feeder club, hey? Um, Because that that makes sense. Yeah. Not not Parramatta or Penrith or anything like that. Nah, nah, it's fucking Manly's. And, like, they're similar. And I've always said this about fucking people from Manly. Like, the difference between people from Manly and the people from Blacktown, is the people in Manly just spend more on their drugs. They're still here, willies. <laughs> they wear more expensive tracksuits. Yeah, pretty much. And they wash like, their Ugg boots. Yeah. You know what? You could probably track all of Sydney and where you live based on the sort of tracksuits you wear. Yeah. Don't you reckon? Well, here's the way I think about it, right? Because you've got what I call the Mount Druitt suit, which is just the grey tracky pants, you know, and, and nothing else, maybe. The, the fleecy ones? Uh, yeah, yeah, fleecy ones, yeah. yeah. Uh, and maybe thongs, depends, you know. And then I guess, uh, like, you know, the Canterbury area, you go on more the Adidas trackies. Um. And then I guess eastern suburbs, what would they wear? What type of trackies would they wear in the eastern suburbs? Um, mm. Probably, I don't know, probably, probably ones that don't have a brand name on them. So probably. Probably, go to, probably go to Best and Less and just get a pair there that don't have a, don't have a brand name on it because they don't want to look like they're, they're commonest by wearing branded gear. Yeah, that's true. What would they wear up in Manly then? What type of trackies would they wear up there? Uh, See, I feel like they just wear grey ones as well, but think that they're better than everyone else anyway. They wear grey ones, but they wear songs with uh, socks with their thongs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'd get, like, the Hills District where they'd wear, like, grey trackies, but then they'd wear, like, those uh, those beige Ugg boots. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's the one thing I remember. I've been to one game at Brookvale, yeah. and half the people turned up there wearing very clean UGG boots. Really? It's like they've got their special special match-only UGG boots that they only wear once once every home game when they decide to turn up. Oh, there you go. See, so, yeah, I've only ever been to Brookvale Oval once, and uh, that was enough. Yeah, well, it was enough for me too. Yeah. Uh, uh, fascinating place. Mm. You, you don't go there for the football. You go there and just look at what all the people are doing going. That's wow. exactly what I did, yeah. <laughs> I people watched a lot of the game and it was uh, <laughs> it was interesting. Penrith won that day because we're just better people from better club. And, um, yeah, it was interesting. Some of the people that were there, wow. See, people always had this impression over the last 43 episodes mm. that we just bashed on Parramatta all the time. No. We bash on everyone. Everyone. 
Yeah, I, I've always said that I'm equal opportunity. Like, I don't Absolutely. focus on any one club. And anybody that ever thinks that I'm, you know, saying something that you don't like about your NRL club, I mean, I know that there's probably 100,000 poems that are, are like, really? You're upset about what he says about your NRL club? <laughs> dead set, you know? <sighs> yeah. I'll tell you, there's something you can go into if you want to get cranky again. Talk about English rugby league. Poems, yeah. They had a few had a few moves over there. I see Southford have, have had a bit of a player swap with with uh, was it Leeds? Well, they lost Jack Hastings to I think Wigan. Wigan, that's right, and and Robert Louis. Yeah. yeah, and Robert Louis. I can't remember who Robert Louis went to though. Who'd he go to? Um, Let me just have a quick look. Yeah, but Jack Hastings, it kind of sucks because Hastings really connected with the fans there, and that you know they've. Yeah, Louis, the t- Louis went to Leeds. There you go. Well, like I've got, I've got a really bad feeling that it, these are almost. I, I feel like part of it is that these players are getting better deals at these other clubs, obviously. But I, part of me also worries that it's moves that they have to make to keep their budget under control, and that really worries me, man. I, I hate are- seeing it. I think Leeds have just picked up Reese Martin, and he's yep. going to be over there pretty shortly. And Castleford have signed Sasai Fecky from the Sharks for next year. Yeah. Um, I've known about that one for a while. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I, I get a lot of inside mail. I just don't use other people's. You know, if other people have done the work getting the rumour, I'm not going to go and advertise it. They can do it. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I'm, not, I'm not an opportunist in that sense. Yeah. I, I agree when you do that. You just, you know, sometimes you've got to play your cards close to your chest, don't you? Yeah, yeah. You get plenty of rumours. People seem to think I'm a journalist, so they think that I need to know this stuff. Yeah. So a lot of a lot of times I get um, other media people, you know, in other areas, and they'll just tell me, oh, did you know this is going on? I went, no. And they tell me the rumour, I go, okay. You um, know, people... Do you, do you want to write an article about them? No, I write about, you know, the history of the game because people want to read about that more than, you know, some bullshit rumour going around in the in the ethos. Well, I'll tell you what. Anybody that wants an article written up, you just get in touch with your friend League Freak, you know. I, I distribute this shit. Uh, and some, some of your shit that you tell me, I'm not going to write about. Like, I'll only write about it if you want it written up. But because uh, there's some things I, I hear about and I'm like, damn I don't have a legal team. <laughs> it's funny. There was a uh, there's a story last night. We won't go into too much detail here that I, I was telling you about mm-hmm. about a team over in England, um, mm. and they didn't want some sort of information, which is very basic, obvious stuff. They didn't want to mm. share for some reason. Mm. I, I told someone over in England about it who who does work for a magazine over there, and they went, "Yeah, that sounds a bit weird." Mm-hmm. That was the end of it. Like they're not going to write about it. And went, yeah. wow, they've got integrity in their media over there when it comes to rugby league. That English, just felt, that, English that was media for me. Integrity? What for me? That was the thing that was more surprising than the actual story I was telling him about. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. So, yeah, that sounds a bit weird. We won't bother writing about it. No one cares. I mean, well, and, that's part of the problem that the club's suffering with. <laughs> that no one funny- cares. The funny thing is, you know me well enough to know I just want to say it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I'm not going to. I'm not no. going to. Because we've got integrity. Yeah, exactly. We're not exactly. journalists. 
Exactly. We're not fucking journalists. I've got a whole <laughs> section on my website. I'm not a fucking journalist. Yes. Um, they can hire me to be one if they want. Price is high, but I'll, I'll do it if you want me to. Yeah, they should. Someone should hire you to, to write about the history of the game, the sport, and uh, someone should really pick up our podcast, hey, and just be like, hey, we'll give you 100000 each. Just pop out this podcast like you're still doing and mention our company at the top of it. And, like, I could probably deal with that. Yeah, I'd, I'd, be, ha- I'd be more than happy with that. Yeah. All right, so he's, he's going he's gonna to pump out that much money. We'll have, you'll have to get into touch with Bill Gates because you're our PR man. Yep. Oh, man, I'm the PR person. We're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been known as somebody that's into public relations. There you go. Mm. Either that or journalism, mate. Journalism, yeah. That. Ne- never one been or the other. Thing. Yeah. Damn. All right, well, that has been a stunning episode. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, we've got a, a cracker coming out tomorrow. Uh, also planning on doing a live show for the Tigers versus Roosters game. Mm, Friday night leading into Tigers versus Roosters between 7 p.m. and 8 p.m. I think well, if the, the game will probably pick off, kick off about 8 p.m., right? Yeah, I think it's 7, 7.50 to 9 or something like that the game goes. So yeah. our plan is to do a live show during the game. And I'll be we'll, I'll be watching it. I'll oh, see. we're doing it during. Yeah, shit, yeah. Why not? Oh, yeah, I'm up for it. Why not? Yeah, we won't do it. We won't do it beforehand. Let's let's have a crack during a game. Um, because I think as a Tigers fan, knowing yeah. the Tigers' record against the Roosters, yeah, doing a live show during that game is going to be far better than sitting down and watching it because it's just going to be another loss. You want some stats? I've got two big stats. Okay, go on, hit me with some stats. The Roosters have won 16 of their last 18 games against the Tigers. Wow. <laughs> and the last time the Tigers had a half-time lead over the Roosters was in 2010 in the finals. Holy shit. Yeah. Man, that's crazy. So we're going to do a live show instead of having me just sit at home, watch that, and slowly get furious. Wow, that's incredible. That's <laughs> them statistics. I mean, Penrith has some pretty bad statistics. We've been a bad club for a long time, but wow. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, there you go. There's that cherry. So uh, yeah. people should tune in on that one. We're going to be around for a while for that one. So uh, I'm going to. I'm just going to warn you right now. If it gets ugly, I have to be ruthless. That's I have fine. To be ruthless, just for entertainment's sake. That's fine for entertainment's sake. I know I've got to be the uh, the guinea pig in that area <laughs> again, again. <laughs> but so be it. Um, yeah. Yeah, if there's, if there's anything you want to discuss other than that game during that episode, get in touch. It's, it's not going to be commentary. Then we might have a crack at it occasionally, but there's not going to be a commentary on the game. Yeah, we can maybe score. We could maybe talk about some of the tries. Like we we'll, we'll try and call a try each. That'll be interesting. But yeah, we'll do um, that. Yeah, be fun. Yeah. So uh, yeah, tune in for that one. That'll be interesting. Um, it'll be like a, a test run too because we'll be fiddling around trying to figure out what went wrong with the last live one where the screen was black the whole time. Mm. So you'll hear us having conversations about tech stuff that we don't know about, which would be fascinating as well. Yeah, we'll, like uh, we, do, we go really in-depth, like yeah. instead of talking about like 
you know, technical things will say, well, it's not showing up. I don't know. What if I press this button? No, oh, you can't hear nothing anymore. Are you there? Are you there? It's just <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. So and then me going, be... and then me getting getting frustrated after about thirty five seconds, going, <laughs> "Where's the fucking button?" Yeah. <laughs> You hear us start looking up YouTube tutorials. <laughs> yeah. Hang on a second, I've got to watch this stupid video. I listen to this yeah. prick talking about what we're doing. I know my problem. Just tell me the solution. It's funny because it's true. Why do I have to talk for a minute and a half? Oh, you know, no. I'm from this show. I don't care where you're from. Just tell me how to fix it. Yeah, exactly. I'm just trying to be a celebrity. I reckon I. <laughs> well. That's a good way to finish the episode. So uh, yes. let's pump up some of our stuff. Tell me about your Patreon. Yeah, all right. Why not? www.patreon.com slash RL project. If you want a, a rather not unsuitable for work surprise, just type in uh, patreon.com slash RLP. Mm. Yeah. Um, not suitable for work. I'll, I'll leave it with that. Yeah. But uh, definitely go to RL project on, on there and uh, make a monthly donation to us. Uh, we've got an awful lot of data. I've got a pod, pod into the system and a lot of team lineups and stuff, especially from the English game. Um, so we can sort of track the Australian players who have played in both countries as well and the English players each way. Um, it's sort of get a full first-grade career coverage of every player. I'm doing the Brisbane Rugby League competition as well because uh, they deserve to have equal standing mm-hmm. historically with the New South Wales Rugby League. So we're doing that as well. Um. Yeah, I've been. I've got about seventeen books I'm trying to write at the moment. <laughs> so all that money helps me do all of that and and keep me giving you stats whenever you ask for them all the time. I don't think people realise how many times I get asked for stats. Mm, I get it's... asked. I get asked really obscure ones that no one else has thought about either. So they take time to go through. So it wouldn't be. It would, it would help for, if I got a little bit of money for doing that. Yeah, it'd be and fantastic. Yeah. Man's got to eat, and I eat a fair bit. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then, obviously, rugbyleagueproject.org. Yeah. Which is, is awesome. So go the number one statistical website in all of Australian sport. It's a rugby league record keeper's dream website. Mm. I don't know about everybody else, but it's it's my favourite website. It's yes. only catering. It's only catering, really, to me. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's fantastic. Um, Gets a lot of traffic. Gets a lot of traffic. Yeah, it's it's getting over a million hits a year now. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, Fantastic website. It's got everything you want statistically on there. It's just like some of the stats are just so, like, obscure and things like that. I find myself referencing um, rugbyleagueproject.org. At least once a day. Yeah, I mean, most of those hits are probably, at least half of them would be from me. <laughs> and then I'd probably say the next 100,000 probably come from Andrew Voss. He's a massive fan <laughs> of the site. So the rest of the public's only contributing about 400,000 of those hits every year. <laughs> yeah. I, I just like looking up Shane Elford's stats. As you do. Yeah. Speaking of another website that gets a mean hits a year, yeah. uh, leaguefreak.com. Oh, how good's that website? Mate, mate, some of the opinions on there. Um, yeah, I read some some very good Mitchell Pierce 
articles from many, many years ago and thought, wow, you could just republish this today and you don't have to do much editing at all to it. <laughs> yeah, if you if you go to my website and you, on the right-hand side, you'll see a little like like a – what is it? What are them things called? Little searchy things. What What's it called? It's like oh, a Magnifying picture. glass? Magnifying glass, that's it. Yeah. And uh, you click on the magnifying glass, put in Mitchell Pierce, and there is just some gold. Like there is some solid – gold in there um and so I'll, I'll probably be rehashing some of that stuff um as we lead into origin but yeah it there's some stuff i mean you were reading an article last night that was on there and it could have been written like today it's kind of shocking and it was from 2013 yeah and the thing is and this is what people need to know is that after you wrote that mm. the new south Wales selector said you know what we're not going to pick him next year yeah and they won the series yeah. And the fact that you failed to condemn him after they won the series, I think, was the reason why they brought him back. They went, oh, he didn't criticize him in 2014. Maybe he's okay now. And they brought him back. And, oh. Possibly. Mate, you're an influencer. I, well, I am the leading voice in rugby league. There's, I'm trying to think. I mean, I guess my sort of website, what would you say? Is it the number one opinions-based website in rugby league? It'd be, there'd be some sort of tagline you could use like that. Absolutely. Um, it means between that and the Daily Telegraph. Yeah, because they don't do news anymore. <laughs> or, or journalism. It's just all yeah. opinions. Yeah, you just toss it up. Ooh, burn. <laughs> oh, maybe I should be a journal. Don't have, I don't have any standards, so. You probably realise that you're more of one than you, than you want. I know. It fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, go and check out my website. Go and look at the uh, what's some of the things that people like on there. They love the lookalikes. Go and check out the lookalikes. Um, and... Also type in Super League in the search bar. That'll be yeah, fun. That is always fun if you type in Super League or you maybe your favourite Super League player. That's always a pretty good laugh. So, yeah, um, you can go and check out the podcast link on there and that will show you all of the ways that you can subscribe and stuff. If you know people that listen to podcasts, get them to subscribe to the podcast, Fergo and The Freak. We're on absolutely everything. You can check it out. Go to the YouTube page, Fergo and The Freak YouTube page. Just go to YouTube in the search bar, type in Fergo and The Freak and then press subscribe when you see our one. Um, Thumbs up on every video. Why not? Thumbs up watch it, comment, say like, oh, my God, this changed my life, stuff like that. Um, I can't w believe that I won a million dollars after watching this video. Things like that is always good. Um, and, yeah, because every time somebody retweets one of the podcasts, um, any time that there's a share or anything like that, we actually physically see the numbers bump up. So everything that, that you people do to support the podcast, we honestly see – the effect of it, and we can't thank you enough when you do that. We love you for it. We love you. We love you a long time. <laughs> that sounded menacing. Sorry. <laughs> the kiss or love you long time? All of it. <laughs> that just sounded a bit seedy. Yeah. All righty. Well, uh, we'll wrap this one up. Another good episode, and uh, we're going to catch you guys tomorrow on a massive day for the podcast. You're going to hear us twice. Yeah. I can't wait. Good night, Good night, Australia. Good night, Australia. <laughs>